Chapter Thirty Four of A Daughter of Today by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Miss Cardiff's in the library, sir said the housemaid opening the door for kendall next morning with a smile which he did not find too broadly sympathetic he went up the stairs two steps at a time whistling like a schoolboy lady halifax says he announced taking immediate possession of janet where she stood and drawing her to a seat beside him on the lounge that the least we can do by way of reparation is to arrange our wedding trip in their society she declares she will wait any reasonable time but i assured her delicately that her idea of compensation was a little exaggerated janet looked at him with an absent smile yes i think so she said but her eyes were preoccupied and the lover in him resented it what is it he asked what has happened dear she looked down at an open letter in her hand and for a moment said nothing i don't know whether i ought to tell you but it would be a relief can there be anything you want not to tell me he insisted tenderly perhaps on the other hand i ought she said reflectively it may help you to a proper definition of my character and then you may think less of me yes i think i ought darling for heaven's sake don't talk nonsense i had a letter this letter a little while ago from elfrida bell she held it out to him read it kendall hesitated and scanned her face she was smiling now she had the look of amused dismay that might greet an ineffectual blow he took the letter if it is from miss bell he said at a suggestion from his conscience i fancy for some reason it is not pleasant no she replied it is not pleasant he unfolded the letter recognized the characteristic broad margins and the repressed rounded perpendicular hand with its supreme effort after significance and his face reflected a tinge of his old amused curiosity it was only a reflection and yet it distinctly embodied the idea that he might be on the brink of a further discovery he glanced at janet again her hands were clasped in her lap and she was looking straight before her with smilingly grave lips and lowered lids which nevertheless gave him a glimpse of retrospection he felt the beginnings of indignation yet he looked back at the letter acquisitively its interest was intrinsic i feel that i can no longer hold myself in honour he read if i refrain further from defining the personal situation between us as it appears to me that i have let nearly three weeks go by without doing it you may put it down to my weakness and selfishness to your own charm to what you will but i shall be glad if you will not withhold the blame that is due me in the matter for i have wronged you as well as myself in keeping silence look it is all here in a nutshell nothing is changed i have tried to believe otherwise but the truth is stronger than my will my opinion of you is a naked uncompromising fact 
i cannot drape it or adorn it or even throw around it a mist of charity it is inalterably there and in any future intercourse with you such intercourse as we have had in the past i should only dash myself forever against it i do not clearly see upon what level you accepted me in the beginning but i am absolutely firm in my belief that it was not such as i would have tolerated if i had known to-day at all events i am confronted with the proof that i have not had your confidence that you have not thought it worth while to be single-minded in your relation to me from a personal point of view there is more that i might say but perhaps that is damning enough and i have no desire to be abusive it is on my conscience to add moreover that i find you a sophist and your sophistry a little vulgar i find that you compromise with your ambitions which in themselves are not above reproach from any point of view i find you adulterating what ought to be the pure stream of ideality with muddy considerations of what the people are pleased to call the moralities and with the feebler contamination of the conventionalities i couldn't smoke with her commented janet reading over his shoulder it wasn't that i objected in the least but it made me so very uncomfortable that i would never try a second time kendall's smile deepened and he read on without answering except by pressing her finger-tips against his lips i should be sorry to deny your great cleverness and your pretensions to a certain sort of artistic interpretation but to me the artiste bourgeois is an outsider who must remain outside he has nothing to gain by fellowship with me and i pardon me have much to lose so if you please we will go our separate ways and doubtless will represent each to the other an experiment that has failed you will believe me when i say that i am intensely sorry and perhaps you will accept as sincerely as i offer it my wish that the future may bring you success even more brilliant than you have already attained here a line had been carefully scratched out what i have written i have written under compulsion i am sure you will understand that believe me yours sincerely elfrida bell p s i had a dream once of what i fancied our friendship might be it is a long time ago and the days between have faded all the colour and sweetness out of my dream still i remember that it was beautiful for the sake of that fair imagining and because it was beautiful i will send you if you will allow me a photograph of a painting which i like which represents art as i have learned to kneel to it kendall read this communication through with a look of amusement until he came to the postscript then he threw back his head and laughed outright janet's face had changed she tried to smile in concert but the effort was rather piteous oh jack she said please take it seriously but he laughed on irrepressibly she tried to cover his lips don't shout so she begged as if there were illness in the house or a funeral next door and he saw something in her face which stopped him 
my darling it can't hurt it doesn't does it i'd like to say no but it does a little not so much as it would have done a little while ago are you going to accept miss bell's souvenir of her shattered ideal that's the best thing in the letter that's really supreme and kendall still broadly mirthful stretched out his hand to take it again but janet drew it back no she said of course not that was silly of her but a good deal of the rest is true i'm afraid jack it's damnably impudent he cried with sudden anger i suppose she believes it herself and that's the measure of its truth how dare she dogmatize to you about the art of your work she to you oh it isn't that that i care about it doesn't matter to me how little she thinks of my aims and my methods i'm quite content to do my work with what artistic conception i've got without analyzing its quality i'm thankful enough to have any besides i'm not sure about the finality of her opinion you needn't be kendall interrupted with scorn but what hurts like a knife is that part about my sincerity i haven't been honest with her i haven't from the very beginning i've criticized her privately i've felt all sorts of reserves and qualifications about her and concealed them for the sake of of i don't know what the pleasure i had in knowing her i suppose it seems to me pretty clear from this precious communication that she was quietly reciprocating kendall said bluntly that doesn't clear me in the least besides when she had made up her mind she had the courage to tell me what she thought there was some principle in that i i admire her for doing it but i couldn't myself thank the lord no and i wouldn't be too sure if i were you darling about the unmixed heroism that dictates her letter i dare say she fancied it was that but janet's head leapt up from his shoulder now you are unjust to her she cried you don't know elfrida jack if you think her capable of assuming a motive well do you know what i think said kendall with an irrelevant smile glancing at the letter she held in her hand i think she has kept a copy janet looked at him with reproachful eyes which nevertheless had the relief of amusement in them don't you he insisted i i dare say and she thoroughly enjoyed writing as she did the phrases read as if she had rolled them under her tongue it was a coup don't you see and the making of a coup of any kind at any expense is the most refined joy which life affords that young person there's sincerity in every line oh she means what she says but she found an exquisite gratification in saying it which you cannot comprehend dear this letter is a flower of her egotism as it were she regards it with natural ecstasy as an achievement janet shook her head oh no no she cried miserably 
you can't realize the sort of thing there was between us dear and how it should have been sacred to me beyond all tampering and cavilling or it should not have been at all it isn't that i didn't know all the time that i was disloyal to her while she thought i was sincerely her friend i did and now she has found me out and it serves me perfectly right perfectly kendall reflected for a moment and then he brought comfort to her from his last resource of course the intimacy between two girls is a wholly different thing and i don't know whether the relation between miss bell and myself affords any parallel to it oh jack and i thought what did you think dearest i thought said janet in a voice considerably muffled by contact with his tweed coat-collar that you were perfectly madly in love with her heavens kendall cried as if the contingency had been physically impossible it's a man's privilege to fall in love with a woman darling not with an incarnate idea it's a very beautiful idea i'm not sure of that it looks well from the outside but it is quite incapable of any growth or much change kendall went on musingly and in the end lord how a man would be bored you are incapable of being fair to her came from the coat-collar perhaps i have something else to think of since yesterday janet look up she looked up and for a little space elfrida bell found oblivion as complete as she could have desired between them then you were telling me janet said yes your elfrida and i had a sort of friendship too it began as you know in paris and i was quite aware that one does not have an ordinary friendship with her it exceeds and it exacts more than the common relation and i've sometimes made myself uncomfortable with the idea that she gave me credit for a more faultless conception of her than i possessed for the honest brutal truth is i'm afraid that i've only been working her out when the portrait was finished i found that somehow i had succeeded she saw it too and so i fancy my false position has righted itself so i haven't been sincere to her either janet but my conscience seems fairly callous about it i can't help reflecting that we are two other people pretty much what they deserve that we shall be we can't control our respect i've lost hers janet repeated with depression kendall gave an impatient groan i don't think you'll miss it he said and jack haven't you any compunctions about exhibiting that portrait absolutely none he looked at her with candid eyes of course if she wished me to i would destroy it i respect her property in it so far as that but as long as she accepts it as the significant truth it is i am incapable of regretting it i have painted her with her permission as i saw her as she is 
if i had given her a squint or a dimple i could accuse myself but i have not wronged her or gratified myself by one touch of misrepresentation i am to see it this afternoon said janet unconsciously she was looking forward to finding some measure of justification for herself in the portrait why it would be difficult to say yes i put it into its frame with my own hands yesterday i don't know when anything has given me so much pleasure and so far as miss bell is concerned he went on it is an unpleasant thing to say but one's acquaintance with her seems more and more to resolve itself into an opportunity for observation and to be without significance other than that i tell you frankly i began to see that when i found i shared what she called her friendship with go lightly tick and i think dear with people like you and me any more serious feeling towards her is impossible doesn't it distress you to think that she believes you incapable of speaking of her like this i think said kendall slowly that she knows how i would be likely to speak of her well janet returned i'm glad you haven't reason to suffer about her as i do and i don't know at all how to answer her letter i'll tell you kendall replied he jumped up and brought her a pen and a sheet of paper and a blotting-pad and sat down again beside her holding the ink-bottle write my dear miss bell but she began her letter without any formality never mind that's a cheapness that you needn't imitate even for the sake of politeness write my dear miss bell janet wrote it i am sorry to find kendall dictated slowly a few words at a time that the flaws in my regard for you are sufficiently considerable to attract your attention as strongly as your letter indicates the right of judgment on so personal a matter is indisputably yours however and i write to acknowledge not to question it dear that isn't as i feel it's as you will feel kendall replied ruthlessly now add i have to acknowledge the very candid expression of your opinion of myself which does not lose in interest by the somewhat exaggerated idea of its value which appears to have dictated it and to thank you for your extremely kind offer to send me a picture i am afraid however even in view of the idyllic consideration you mention i cannot allow myself to take advantage of that on the whole i wouldn't allude to the shattered ideal oh no dear go on or the fact that you probably wouldn't be able to hang it up he added grimly now write you may be glad to know that the episode in my life which your letter terminates appears to me to be of less importance than you perhaps imagine it notwithstanding a certain soreness over its close it doesn't jack it will i wouldn't say anything more if i were you just yours very truly janet cardiff she wrote as he dictated and then read the letter slowly over from the beginning 
it sounds very hard dear she said lifting eyes to his that he saw were full of tears and as if i didn't care my darling he said taking her into his arms i hope you don't i hope you won't care after to-morrow and now don't you think we have had enough of miss elfrida bell for the present End of chapter thirty four